No intro. <laughs> that's that's our MO. No intro. Never an intro. Nope. Nope. It's kind of like... Absence. Not having an, an intro, intro is kind of our intro. I think it kind of is. To quote yeah. singles, in a way. Uh, is that what it's quoting? Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've so. seen about up to that part and was like... Oh boy, I, I can't. I'm in trouble. This. I I I'm pulling out. <laughs> it's wow. just it's it's for a certain time, and honestly, that time is kind of me. Maybe it's just a little too close to home. All those <laughs> flannel shirts tied around those waists. <laughs> but you know, it's isn't it, and it's confessional too, isn't it? Doesn't it start with like people I have like no idea. you know? It's this thing about you know living you know in the '90s. Maybe I'm just making that up because I also hate that in movies, but. Yeah, the guy goes over to uh, Kira Sedgwick or whatever in the club. He's like, hey. She's like, yeah, hey. He's like, you know, a lot of guys uh, have a thing, you know, but, you know, I don't have one. My thing is I don't have a thing. No, that's <laughs> joke assassin. Oh, that's On me. the case. Collected another head. No, and she's like, well, it seems like not having a thing is kind of your thing. Okay, I And he's see. like, huh. And he just, like, leaves. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I don't know All what right. happens after that. Because you stopped so watching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm tired of, speaking, speaking of the 90s, I'm tired of explaining to everybody how old Kurt Loder is. I guess everybody knows now. I guess I, my job's done. I didn't know this was news to me. Somebody on my Facebook page posted that he's 75. Yeah. What? He was, like, drafted into Vietnam, mother. Jeez. I had... <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. Like, no clue. Speaking of Cameron Crowe movies, my whole life just relates to itself. Speaking of Cameron Crowe movies, he, he was working at Rolling Stone in the like almost famous era, you know, oh, when Crowe was there and okay. Yann Werner and all those people. Yeah. All right. That's how he got to start. I mean, after writing for I Stars know. and Stripes or whatever, right. whatever uh, he got in the military. Okay. Uh, I, I Now I know. That's uh, that's all I can uh, say about that. Uh, but I, I just feel like, wow, man, wow, wow, rocking grandpa. That's uh, that's how I feel now. You know, sorry, is he, sorry is to he Kurt Loader. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Mick yeah. Jagger is seventy six, so he's only a year younger than Mick Jagger. That just blows my mind wow yeah but i mean like when mick jagger was you know making music uh with uh there was the rolling stones right yeah with brian jones i guess uh kurt was loaded probably in college or something like that i don't know his his whole history but i know i know but wow jeez all right okay well we got that out of the way uh it's our wow COVID-19 quarantine video program. Yes, for your quarantine. COVIDios for short. Yes. Where we watch classic and modern films for your quarantainment. See how you, you gotta wait. You gotta lay in the I cut. undercut you. I'm you sorry. Gotta, you gotta wait for it, okay. you know? Okay, sorry. Just in life, everything. Mm. Getting on the bus. Don't do that. They'll just take off without you. But, <laughs> but everything else, you know, you just gotta just feel it. Use the false Luke. Mm. Let go, Luke. Whoa. Meek. Okay. <laughs> it's still not happening, huh? Um, I... I didn't know. Uh, we, I mean, we just uh, 
this was kind of planned a little bit, right? Uh, a little, as much as planning <laughs> goes with this sort of thing. Well, if it starts with randomness, then it's not planned, right? Right. And so that's how it happened. Yes. Uh, we started with a roll on the die. That's right. As we always do for your list. Yes. And then your choice prompted me to go, well, I got a perfect vi- movie for that, which yeah. I haven't seen in a while. In fact, I've only seen once. And I want to see again. Yes. And I know you haven't seen. Yes. Yes to all of those. And honestly, would have fit perfectly on my list had I remembered to put it there. But... This is why the list is... is mm, it's yeah. not perfect. Imperfect. It's not perfect. Uh, I do add to it from time to time. But uh, you look scared. Um, <laughs> this is just my face. Okay. <laughs> Uh, should we get into it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so we had... <laughs> what? Let go, Mika. Uh, yeah, go ahead and take it. So we had a Nick Cage double feature, which sounds as awesome as I think it was. Yeah. Um, so my pick... <laughs> sounds as awesome as I, as I wanted it to be. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, so my pick was uh, Moonstruck. Yes. Uh, 1997 film. Yes. Never seen before. Always heard about it. Always, you know, I knew Nick Cage and Cher were in it. And, you know, she slaps him and says, snap out of it. Snap out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a longtime viewer of the trailer. uh, First time watcher of the film. Yes. And, and of course, the poster where she's in her. Snap out of it. Yeah. She's in her evening gown and her. And a dress that she doesn't wear in the film. And, and like, she's making a pose that she never makes in the film. Right. I've been lied to. Um, (laughs) All advertising is lies. I know. Uh, but it is, um, so I guess that's about what I knew about it. And it was written by John Patrick Shanley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, so, yes. So the film that you could describe as a prequel to my big fat Greek wedding, it's my big fat Italian romance, mm. uh, written by, uh, John Patrick Shanley, an Irishman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but hey. Yeah, I know. It's all the same, right? Whoa. Whoa. I've give it to the, I'll give it to them for this. Almost every actor in the film's name ends in a vowel. Like it's <laughs> except for Cher, except for the main character and Nick Cage, Coppola. Hello. Well, that's true. Uh, You're everybody, they. There. This is all. Uh, you know, this Very is all uh, color blind casting. We're, as in, we're not casting any color. <laughs> we're just Whoa. blind to color. Uh, yeah. No. Everybody is a uh, is a big Italian person in this. Yes. Uh, which is great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and of course, uh, directed by uh, Norman Jewison, who <laughs> I, I could let you make the joke, uh, which you did, <laughs> but I don't want you to get canceled, even though you can tell the joke. Because J- Jew, Jewison, well, yeah. Oh, you're going to do it anyway. Okay, anyways. We, uh, we both kind of screwed that up, didn't I guess we, we did. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we'll just move on. Uh, uh, but he's probably like one of the most famous directors that you've never heard of. Oh, okay. What else he, has he done? Uh, he directed uh, The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, the original Thomas Crown Affair. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar, the film version, okay. uh, the original Rollerball, uh, Agnes of God, okay, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Sure, ever I've heard actually, of it? I've I've seen Fiddler on the Roof. That's one of the ones that you mentioned that I've seen. And a movie that is on my list that doesn't exist. Uh oh. Yeah, I, I'm Nipsey Russell all of a sudden. Uh, In the Heat of the Night, a fantastic film. Oh, okay. Which I've, he won an Academy Award for. I have not seen that, and I've. Have you seen the um, 
I'm going to say NBC primetime series based on it. No. Have you seen like the four sequels they made to it? No. <laughs> hey, look, no, man. No, I have not. Look, man, if I'm uh, if I'm Sidney Poitier and I've uh, struck gold, where, where am I going to go? Right? Uh, yeah, okay. All right. They call me Mr. Sequel. Whoa. So, yeah, he directed this mm-hmm. uh, all-star affair, share over there. Share <laughs> during her... What the Nipsey Russell thing did is. She, did she she kind of had an acting phase, right? Like, does she, well, she really do any definite. acting anymore? Uh, she Well, she doesn't act much anymore. She doesn't do much of anything anymore. That's true. She's kind of re- unofficially yeah. retired. In fact, I, I, there's, you could probably find out if... You care more than I do, but uh, how much money it took to drag her out for Mamma Mia 2. Probably a lot. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm a guessing. lot. But she yeah. didn't really want to do that even. No. And all she had to do was just come in and go, hey, I'm sure. I'm sure I, I know. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and, you know, and fine. Did, did great, I'm sure. It was yeah. wonderful. But, yeah, uh, yeah you know, um, Armenian. <laughs> right. And just a touch of Cherokee. Uh, not uh, Italian, but I guess it'll do for this. Yeah. Uh, movie, uh, I guess it's my job, huh? It's your job, and I'll yeah. shut up and probably interrupt you a bunch. Um, a uh, a woman. Loretta. Named Loretta. <laughs> You're welcome. I was swallowing. Uh-huh. Uh, a woman named Loretta is uh, lives in uh, lives in New York. Uh, yes. In Manhattan, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, uptown. And uh, she lives with her family. Uh, they are a, uh, you know, an Italian-American family. Uh, with roots in the community. She's uh, 37 years old. Here's why that's important. It's because she, and I don't know how old she's probably around the same age, but she's, you know, uh, wilted too soon as a, as a flower, right? She's got her whole life ahead of her, but she's already just kind of just pulling the old maid bit. Yeah. Yeah. And her family is, loves her, but they're kind of unattentive. They got their own things going on. And so Mm -hmm. she's just kind of doing her own thing. And uh, she's dating uh, a character whose name I don't know. I'm not going to know any of the names of these characters, except Cosmo, because of, of Cosmo's moon. It's yeah. crazy moon. Uh, what was Johnny? Johnny. Johnny. Wow. Johnny was her. Yeah. Was he supposed to be Italian? Yeah, he's Italian. His mother's yeah. from Italy. Yeah. Okay, you can be named Johnny, I guess. Anyway, uh, that's Danny uh, Ilo. Yes. And uh, he is uh, RIP. And uh, he proposes to her. He is kind of painted as her... Uh, kind of milk toast, uh, yeah. You know, un- un- non-passionate sort of boyfriend. But yep, she says, "Yeah, I'll marry him because good enough, right?" But mm-hmm. inside, not not satisfied. Um, things happen. She goes to visit Johnny's brother. Johnny says, "Go, go visit my brother, Ronnie." We, ha- we haven't spoken in thank you. We haven't spoken in five years. That's too much time for bad blood. Let's let this be a a, a mitzvah for both of us. Wrong ethnicity, and okay. so. Uh, she goes uh, to uh, meet the brother. The brother is Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. And we find out that the brother, he's he's a wolf. He's a loose cannon. Yeah. He is mad at Johnny because he blames Johnny for the loss of his hand. Mm-hmm. Although it hasn't stopped him from working the furnaces at a bakery for five years. Right. And um, so he's angry. He's angry Johnny. Johnny, angry Johnny. <laughs> uh, the two of them immediately go to bed with each other. Uh-huh. And uh, they start to have a blossoming romance while Johnny is in... No, no, angry Ronnie. You should have stopped me. Uh, Johnny right. is in Italy uh, attending to his mother who's going to die. Yes. I thought you were saying angry Johnny because he was like an angry version of his brother or something It's a, like a post song. Okay. There you go. It's a post song. 
Oh, yeah, 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 it is. Never mind. Sorry. Back to the movie. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, other things are happening. Um, her mother, Loretta's mother, uh, and her father are estranged but sort of living together still. The father is seeing somebody in the side. The mother is trying to deal with that. Uh, the father is uh, Vincent Gardenia. The mother is Olympia Dukakis. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. <laughs> well, I don't want to... Oh, well, we can... No, do we ruin things? I can't remember if we ruin uh, we, things or we, not. Sometimes we ruin things. But it things. goes exactly where you think it would go. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this. I would say with maybe one caveat. Okay. I have one caveat. So uh, I, I can only have one caveat and then I'm full. <laughs> well, okay. So we meet Ronnie and he's obviously angry and very passionate and like <laughs> full on cage, which I loved. But so they go back to his apartment, which is attached to the bakery, whatever. And she's telling him what's what. He gets mad, and he, to show that he's mad, we have him throw the table, and also maybe to show that he's passionate, and maybe he's a little dangerous, you know, and then they, and then they hook up. Why do we have to have him throw the table? I know it's shorthand, but it also seems to me like it's shorthand for this guy could potentially be abusive. You know, and so I, that's what I don't like. We never get any idea. It's just, it's coming. Look, okay. All right. So you're commenting on the toxic masculinity yes. in the film. Yes. I don't think the film, the worst thing for me is after they leave the opera and she's like, look, I'm tired. This, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be old, but at the same time, I feel too old for this shit. And right. I just want to go home. And he's like, no, come on in. Come on in. And let's have sex. And she does it, and it's just like, that's what she should have done. And usually it's like, when a woman goes, no, then it's Then it a should no. be a no. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, but at the same time, this movie goes out of its way to run down uh, other toxic figures, embodied in the great John Mahoney, who's in this movie in such a weird little part, where he, he's this professor who, like, sleeps with his students, yeah, and then wants right, to get right, an arm right. with Olympia Dukakis, and she's like, uh, eh, keep walking, pal. <laughs> Uh, so the movie is aware of that sort of thing, but yeah, but at the same time, so I don't, I don't know what to say except we never, nobody ever says that he ever hit, like, put his hands on anybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And for whatever, it, it works for Loretta. Do you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. she's going going on with, that's kind of what she wants. And I think the movie goes again out of its way to set up Danny Aiello as being the kind complete opposite, deal. and she is not getting any of that from him. Right now, maybe if there was a Moonstruck two, or the movie went on for half an hour. We would have her like tame Ronnie a little bit and be like, "I can't keep buying tables, you know, or something, like, you know." But <laughs> since this is a story about about love and people being possessed yes. by you know this moon, a figure, right. figuratively, yes. and the spirit of romance, yes, I, I think I don't know. It, I'm okay with it, but I get why it's a, it could be a problem. Um, I mean, I think one other thing we have to mention too is Loretta is a little bit superstitious. She had a previous marriage, and they got married in a hurry down, you know, at the um, at the mayor's office or what have you. There was no ceremony. She says um, it's bad luck, but yeah. she, she, but it it means you know she didn't get. She compromised on on what she wanted, being satisfied romantically. You know, yeah. on getting the romance that she wanted, getting the attention that she wanted. 
Well, she said she was in love with him, yeah, but yeah, yeah. she didn't get like the big wedding, and you know, and then right, but but it's but it's all it's all happening again. Yeah, right, right. Like I don't, right. I don't question up until the last you know scene of the movie where the movie I think really goes into like total farce. I don't ever question like that. Danny Aiello like loves her and like wants no. to take care of her. No, and she herself says, you know, her mom's like, "Do you love him?" And she's like, "No." Nah. And she's like, "Do you like him?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I really like him." Which is like, well, that's not clearly that's not what you want. I know, but and I'm... I can't say if like your first relationship was like that, but I don't know why it would be different. But her mom says an interesting thing too. Like she's like, well, it's a good thing that you don't love them because when they, you love them, they just drive you nuts. And she's looking right at her dad. Yeah, you know? but that's she would say that. I know, I because know. she's a character who is who's um, who's um, enlightenment is is premature. Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then in the last scene, it's like, stop having sex with that whore. And the dad's like, okay. And I, then he, gets, he, and he, he slams the table with his hand, and then he's like, all right. But that's right. It's one, it's funny. But two, it's just a concession to his. Because, like, there's, you know, there's a stereotype of, like, of the way that the house is going to be run in, in, a, in a family like this. Mm-hmm. And, but he doesn't have that. It's like the one thing, it's like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. And then Danny Danny comes in and he's like, uh, my mother's not going to die and I, I can't marry you. I can't marry you, Loretta. And it's like, wow, it's, everything worked out just great. But then she like got mad at him for saying that. But then it like everything worked out. Yeah. Um, Old I, people can fall in love too. Yes. Moonstruck. Yeah. Old people can fall in love too. Whoa. Even if it's with their five dogs. Um. Sure. I thought that overall, I thought that it was, I mean, it has like romantic themes and, and I think it, that at its heart, it it is a, a movie that's in love with romance. Oh, oh, you think that at its heart, <laughs> at its secret core, this movie is in love with romance? Let me say something interesting. Okay. Uh, as a huge fan of Rent, how familiar are you with La Boheme? Um, I'm pretty, from, well... I'm not as familiar. I'm going to be honest. Okay. I'm not right. as familiar with La Boheme as I am with so Rent. So it's good enough. But... What, sorry. One more check check off on the list. Shut up. Uh, and Rent has become completely worthless as anything that you could draw on. No. Uh, culturally. Because uh, uh, I, I don't. I mean, I know she's, she's, she's sick with TV and I know she dies and I know they talk about that. Well, I know that Boheme means Bohemian. So, I mean, I guess I understand the basic setup of La, uh, La Boheme, but I, not having seen that or Rent. I don't know anything about it, and I don't know if there's any parallels between this and Moonstruck. Well, but since I you think, don't either, we're not going to waste any time. Well, on I it. think on the, with those stories, it's bittersweet because um, they fall in love and then somebody dies, so they don't get to be. Well, together. this is the opposite of that. Yeah, exactly. is Cher old Lady Gaga? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, in the future, I won't read directly from my notes. Uh, uh, maybe. Right? Yeah. Because she's just a couple years before. It's all gypsies, tramps, and thieves. And now, bam, here's her Oscar. I nice know. dress. Well, I thought she did a good job in this. No, she so. did great. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's just you wonder. Lady Gaga didn't win. She won the Golden Globe, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to look at the um, field for that year. And for 87. 87 was a great year for movies. Oh, a lot of the 80s are a great year for movies. Um, but I think, like, Fatal Attraction is the only movie that I really recognized. 
Oh. The real, only really high profile one. Okay. And we got to keep screwing Glenn Close over. There's no way we can let her get one of these Yeesh. things, right? Wow. <laughs> Who did she piss off? But anyway. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I, just, I think it was just, you know, the time was right to, yeah. uh, to give her the Oscar. So. Uh, you had a really great insight oh, about Nick Cage, too. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I love Nick Cage. I, I do. And he's just, yeah, he's great. Anyways. Every Ryan Gosling performance is just Nick Cage from Moonstruck. And I completely agree with you. And we'll get into this when we talk about our second film, too. But there's just something about, like, I know that Gosling is Canadian, right? Mm. So he should be coming down here and saying sorry for everything, right? Mm-hmm. But why does he sound like a young Nick Cage? Now, Nick Cage was born in Long Beach and grew up on, on surfing into through the halls of Beverly Hills High School, right? Mm. Like he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High in a extra bit part. Uh, but he was he was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? Right. So th- there's a reason that like he's playing. A, I'm a New York executive and I talk like this. Like there's a reason that he's doing that. Right? Yeah. It's not that he's not a good actor and he couldn't go, well, I'm not going to do that. That it was a image choice. has helped him. One of his first movies was Valley Girl. Like, it's just, that's what he has succeeded at. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Gosling grew, grew up watching Nick Cage movies and went, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> and that's, we've got it now. That's it. I know. I, I can't, that's the only thing I can come up with. I know. Otherwise, I don't know why Ryan Gosling acts that way. I don't either. I don't either. <sighs> But he does like interviews and everything. That's just like that is his persona. I know. Um, so I think besides hearing about this movie and everything, one reason why I wanted to see this is because um, I like John Patrick Shanley. So <laughs> I think we should talk. I should talk about him just a little bit. Oh, you mean the uh, the writer of uh, the hit film, The January Man? Yeah, that. Um, so you mentioned that. Um, and I have not seen it. It looks freaking terrible. I did watch the trailer. It looks like a mess. It's a huge garbage fire. And it's funny because it stars, you know what? Here, let me just, okay. Here's who it stars. Kevin Klein, Susan Sarandon, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, Harvey Keitel, Danny Ilo, and Rod Steiger. Yeah. Amongst probably a few other people that I haven't, uh, Alan Rickman in one of his first uh, right, movie roles. Right, right, right. I saw him briefly in the trailer. I was yeah. like, whoa, Alan Rickman's in this. And it's trash. It looks like it. And it's funny because it's it's almost, almost, it's almost watchable trash, but it's basically just trash. We talked about it on Just Enough Trouble a while ago. You just weren't on that show. And um, it's weird because it it's like a quirky comedy film. That's with a dark edge. It's yeah, almost like proto it's a cop murder mystery. Well, it's more than that. <laughs> it's a guy that was a cop and became a firefighter because he couldn't handle becoming a cop. But he's also a genius profiler. No. And there's a killer called the Music Man. No. <laughs> and- I hate all of this. So except for all those hats that are stacked on top of hats, I'd almost call it like proto Tarantino. Pro. Pro Tarantino, like marrying the dark with the 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 dark with the comedy. Yes, yeah, right. Only only two can there be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It just don't. don't Maybe we'll talk about it again the show someday, but (laughs) not when I'm on. Yeah, he also did uh, Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, 
that's um that's a cult hit for some people. I know. I've never, I, I, think I, it's I, a I, I, done, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I, I guess I can't judge. But uh, guys got range. Yeah. Because you were just about to bring up proof. Not proof. Doubt. Doubt and proof. Did you do proof too? No, that's the opposite of, of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> that was the answer to. Proof. I see. I so see. A little little riddle there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which doubt did amazingly well. Um, I saw the play on yeah. Broadway. <laughs> Too bad Glenn Close wasn't playing the yeah the nun. Uh, and and I liked the play on Broadway. Uh, and then I saw the film, which incidentally he directed. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really like the film that much. I don't know what the dissonance for me is between seeing the play and the film, but I I just didn't really like it. But my experience of Shanley for me. Um, he has a bunch of one act plays um and i was in a um i used to do acting and i was in an acting program and we did a collection of uh monologues and scenes from his one acts <laughs> so why um because that's what my teacher decided we were going to do uh for our basically the end of our summer program oh, Patricia so our Shanley presentation no that was not his name just why um why that though I don't know that's what he picked these are the books that we had yeah um and so I did a monologue from the play Savage and Limbo I I played Denise Savage um and uh I really related to her at the time um, because she was a very passionate person. I mean, I guess I relate to her in some levels and not on others because she was she was not a very nice person. Um, but I basically did her kind of climactic speech. Uh, and who got the doubt? Who got the doubt? Who got the doubt? Whoa. <laughs> um, like, probably her because within I have the course. Such doubt. Within the course of the the night, the, it takes place at a bar. It's like not she, she, yeah, I know it's, it's finished. finished. She alienates everybody. So yeah. Anyways, um, I I like his plays because I think they're you know they're 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 passionate people and uh, they've got something to say. I like plays about dispassionate. people. Okay, all right. I guess that's just called Pinter. Jeez. Um, this was nominated for six Academy Awards, Best Picture, Director, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. and Screenplay, written for the screen, which this was, and it won Actress, Supporting Actress, and Screenplay. Who won uh, Supporting Actress? Olivia Dukakis? Yes. Olympia. Okay. Oli- oh, I'm sorry. I said her name wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well received, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I... Um, I yeah. don't know. I can't think of anything else to say, except I think that, I mean, you're not going to try to climb over Vincent Gardenia's head, but I think that John Mahoney should have been nominated for uh, supporting actor. For supporting actor, actor? For supporting performance. Yeah. Yeah. He did He did a great job. When you think about the, the kind of, um, you get that character immediately, right? <sighs> it's yes. like Professor taking his students out. Yeah. And then you spend two more minutes with him and you're like, this guy's got layers like an onion mm. do you know what i mean like you he 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 knows that he's a cad you know right he's got a reason why and everything he does is a little bit of a come on so i'm sure that maybe he's told this story before but you feel the regret in what he has to say and 
and he and he and he becomes he's like why you know she asks him why they why he, oh, men chase women or whatever mm-hmm. and you know and he doesn't really have an answer for it and and I just there's a couple things I remember from this movie. I remember Cosmo's moon. Oh, it's it's, it's the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, snap out of it. Yeah. And I remember John Mahoney just being like, "Oh, this is oh, this is your place. It's nice. Oh, it's just this is really cold out here, isn't it? Oh, it's just so cold." And she's just like shutting him down, and he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." Ooh. And I like that. I just feel so a little bit cold. And, and, <laughs> you know, in, in a film where other people are just. You know, she she's she's like, all right, and she says to him, "Cause I know who I am," you know, and I just perfect. Yeah, but she's also, you know, we just it's cool. I I think that's great, and I don't mean to just compliment the one like supporting male actor that wanders into the film. I think everybody in the movie is great, um, but what I like about that arc for. Um, for Olympia Dukakis's character is that sure Cosmo gets to go out and take mm-hmm. out the the Mona. hussy and go to Lobo M or whatever, right. um, and she's stuck at home and it's easy to make that character the why aren't you home? You're cheating on me. You have all the agency, right? But instead she's like, I'm gonna get some minestrone and I'm just gonna go out and just what happens? And she runs into this guy and has a chance to pick up this guy and it isn't necessarily about her being tempted or, or whatever. It's just her kind of getting the answer to the question yeah, that she's right. looking for, which is, you know, this guy is a, he's a 50 year old professor, but he's just a little boy, you know, and she's not <laughs> even attracted to that. No. And it's the idea that like, I think she comes up with like men chase women cause they're afraid of death or, or yes. whatever. Yeah. And she's got this whole like emotional kind of journey and subplot she's going on. That's just like, I got to get, hey, look, we're even now. Okay. <laughs> you gave me January, man. Yeah. He also gave me Moonstruck. So one fits into the other. The road is smooth. All right. There you go. All right. Can we move on? Yes. All right. Well, going from being struck by the moon to being struck by a bat, <laughs> uh, my choice was Vampire's Kiss. Yes. For my side of this equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie from 1988. Mm. So and, just a year later, huh? Yes, and unlike Moonstruck, was uh, didn't, didn't didn't get nothing. <laughs> it actually um, either Cage, who's the star, mm-hmm. or the film was nominated for something at the Independent Spirit Awards. Oh, okay, uh, sure, why not? Um, it, it is a unique film. I'm I'm not going to take that away from it at all. It is a unique film. <laughs> Is that damning with faint the praise? Dameth, the 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 dameth, the what? The dameth. <laughs> the faintest of praise for with which to damn. Okay, you. all right. Uh, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, that's not what I meant. How do you spell spirit? S P I R I T. The moment's gone. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up uh, because everybody hated this film oh. <laughs> yeah, when it came out. <laughs> nobody liked it. Nobody understood it. Uh, understood it. Now I think it is. Um, it's definitely a cult film, mm. and it is uh, held in, I think, high regard in a lot of circles. I'll talk about why I think it deserves that praise after you give us a synopsis. Oh, boy. So, um... And, like, this is Jim Carrey. First of all, Jim Carrey comes out, and then Lauren Hutton's like, I'm a vampire. Okay, just don't worry about it. Well... 80s vampire um, movie joke. Okay, so Nick Cage plays like this Larry 
agent or something. What's his job? I don't yeah, know. He's a literary he, agent. Yeah. Uh, and his name is Peter Lowe. And he, uh, we, so he, we open on him getting therapy. So he sees a therapist. That's just part of the plot. Uh, but he also goes out at night uh, to pick up chicks. That's something that he does. And he goes to this bar and uh, meets this lady and they come home and they're fooling around. And then there's a bat and they freak out and leave and decide to go to her place. Um, Synopsis. <laughs> so the, Here it comes. Uh, so the next night he picks up another lady, takes her home and surprise, she's a vampire, and she bites him, and he's freaking out. And, but then, like, as the movie goes on, we start to believe that, like, he maybe she wasn't real. Like, she definitely wasn't a vampire, and he thinks he thinks that she was a vampire. She thinks that she's bit him. He thinks that he's turning into a vampire. Um, I don't agree with your synopsis, but you don't. We'll talk about it. Okay. Um. And uh, he's also terrorizing this lady at work. Uh, just <laughs> that's not a subplot. That's like the main plot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the only real thing that happens yes, in this film. Yes. Yes. Like he is <laughs> harassing her um, for not doing a good enough job, and uh, she's complained about it, and nobody's doing anything. Um, I don't feel like I did a very good job this time around. No. Okay, wow. Nah, we'll talk about it. Okay. This movie is American Psycho Zero. <laughs> okay. Okay. It is the sequel to American, or the prequel to American Psycho. Sure, sure. What do you think? I, I can see that, yeah. Uh, Self-important guy. <laughs> Self-important guy. <laughs> it, is a, it, it is about, it's about the emptiness of this person's life right yeah this person and american psycho was written in 91 so uh, you know i think joseph minion has a has a case against brad easton uh easton ellis here <laughs> um it's about a guy who has uh, this job that's not fulfilling he has a ton of money mm-hmm. he lives in the upper west side or whatever Actually, right. i don't think it was that nice but still um and it, it comes out his frustration with it manifests itself in like these violent ways, and for him, it's this vampire delusion. Yeah. Okay. That's there are better. no vampires. Right. 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 He his his brain is looking for a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's already, and it's anybody can and should see a therapist. I don't. That's right. Fine. Right. But you know, maybe in a movie I made in 1998, when we open and the guys in you know that's with shorthand. a shrink, we're supposed yeah. to think that he's already you know not all there, and so he's already ready, and he's using. The women and the casual encounters or whatever to escape it and the the bat coming in and him having the reaction that he tries to describe to her about like you know being turned on by the bat or whatever mm-hmm. i don't think it's like expression of paraphilia i just think that he is like pre-delusional you know like I see. he is about vampire going into a schizoid thing and it yeah. just because it's a movie it it has an easy one track and mm-hmm. it's so that's but that's boring that's what's happening but that's no, what, what do I say? That's what happens, but what it's about. That's what's happening. What it's about is, <laughs> it's about the 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 uh, soullessness of 
uh, co- corporate, you know, uh, New York white New Yorkers in the eighties. Mm-hmm. A guy endlessly harangues his Hispanic yes. uh, assistant. Yes, uh, you know that's what it's really about, and yeah. th- his toxic masculinity. That's yes. like that's what it's about. Yes, what happens is I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> Can a movie be both eminently gifable and also be one of the best on-screen performances ever captured. That's what I need to know. Go. Yes. I don't feel like there's a lot of doubt gifts out there. No. <laughs> no. And they wouldn't be very good. Just a lady yeah. sitting on a bench. Right. Looks sad. Yeah. yeah. This, I, the thing that I love about Nicolas Cage, and especially give a shit Nicolas Cage, what this definitely is, mm-hmm. is that he looks, every moment he looks like he's out of control. Yes. It looks like he is just doing a thing. But when you watch it and you see how like long the takes are, and if you think technically about like marks, you know, in, in in shooting in the performance and what he's trying to also convey, you realize how much he controls that that tiger, if you will. Yeah. He's the king of that tiger. Oh, Somebody oh, should do something geez. with this. I know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he is so in control, and sure. It's not everybody's taste, and maybe <laughs> maybe sometimes it goes a little far or there's a little much, but he's, you know, the A, B, C, D, E, I was e, just F, thinking G. about like that. Like, every single thing. He he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And I bet there's another take where Robert Bierman, the director, is like, all right, less this time. And he does it, and it's totally less. Yes. Or they do one where he throws a chair through the window. Like, he can yeah. operate on any level. Yeah. He's just like a rock band. Best play loud. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That is so true. Oh, my gosh. And then just, like, honestly, like, the, the, the more delusional he gets, the more turned up his performance is. Well, I yeah. Mean, of course. But... But it, you think about, like, everything that's happening in the scenes... The, some you know somebody wrote this script. Like I said, the guy named Joseph Minion wrote the script. He also wrote After Hours for Scorsese, and not a lot after that, I don't think. But he was he was good. But the lines like they don't they don't necessarily matter. Like I could see this guy typing A B C D E F G, but instead you could also just write Nicholas Cage. You know becomes unhinged in his right uh, psychiatrist office, like the place, the one place where he. She seems she's the safe woman in his life. Yeah, he's the woman that he doesn't sexualize. Right, doesn't want to prey on or whatever. Right, but now he's destroying this safe space as well by acting out, you know, mm-hmm. in this way, um, this sort of petulant sort of way. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily write he recites the alphabet, but if you get into Vicky's cage, like you know, the latitude to do what he wants, he's right. going to give you that. Yeah, and you just sit behind the camera going. Sir, we can hear your hands rubbing together <laughs> on the playback. So be happy somewhere else. Oh my gosh, and and I think that you know the actress who who plays the therapist does like a great job too, and she just kind of like you know reacts well to his overreaction, and <laughs> you know um, I love the um, he has like this the scene later where he he's he's totally. Uh, imagining a session that he's having with her and like that's just like they're both having fun in that and um i thought that was great oh, too i i killed i did kill somebody the other night and she's like ah, 
don't You're worry young. about it. Does he have right? Yeah. I'll take care of I'll the police. I'll talk to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's all great. Um, this is a weird note, but there's like, I think there's some pretty good Foley work in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a part of it. First of all, a drunk Nick, Nicolas Cage is great Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And he's played, he won his Oscar drunk. Like he's done so many drunk roles. I wonder if um, we should just keep him drunk or I don't know. <laughs> if he's wondering uh, how to get back on top, get, get drunk. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but there's a thing where they're, you know, they're going to bed and they're undressing and he pops his shirt off. And you hear the buttons ping. And it's like, there's no way that they, they pick that up on the set, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> some, some kind of Foley rooms like, check this out. <laughs> but that has nothing to do uh, with anything else. Um, yeah, he's trying to get her to, uh, to find this contract. Oh, God. Alva is yeah. uh, his uh, secretary. Yes. And, uh, Am I getting through to you, Alva? Yes. It's super intense and... Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, she even, she she shoots a gun at him that has blanks, because that's all her brother has. Yeah. Um, so, okay, what I like about this movie is it's so silly and bizarre, and there's just, like, there, there are, like, mimes practicing a scene there outside are, of an apartment. There are mimes practicing a scene. That's a fight between a man and a woman. Uh-huh. There's also... A lot of the characters are somewhat heightened as well. Yeah. And I don't know if that's his perception of them. Fair. The movie doesn't, doesn't let you know. It doesn't clue you in. Like, one of Alva's co-workers, we just open in the scene in the office, and she's like, oh, thank God, it's Friday. I'm so stressed out. I can't believe it. You know? <laughs> and, and then, like, he walks by smoking a cigarette wearing his sunglasses, and she's like, he's so eccentric. I know. Like, are you supposed to be a real person? And then the cabbie, the the, the cabbie that's taking them uh, from like Queens back to uh, down, uh, Midtown, is uh, you know they stop when she goes to talk to his brother, and he's like, "See, that's my sweetie." And yeah, like, oh, okay, all right, that's a thing, I guess. Right. But then he shows up later as a like a, a hallucination, a delusion as well. So yeah. like, was he he the actual cabbie? You know, is he real? Like, what's real in the film? It, that's the American Psycho sort of angle. Yes. Yeah. No, I see exactly what you're saying about that. Um, and those lines are totally blurred, and and I enjoy that. Um, and one thing I think this film also does really well is it's as I was, you know, it's so silly and funny and exaggerated one minute. And then the next minute, it is just, like, so tragic and um, dark. So, I mean, I guess in a way that's kind of um, like American Psycho 2. Um, well, mean, it's, it's – yeah, it, it's it, – you, you laugh and you aren't sure if you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, and then you get scared. Yeah. Like, the next minute. Yeah. And, like I was really worried for Alva. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. "What is going to happen?" Uh, yeah, and you really that has that in common, and I, that's what I like about it is the movie has no desire to. I mean, I guess you could describe it as like a black comedy, or right. as absurdist, but it has no desire to be categorized. It's just delivering something, and it's happy to let you laugh at it or be concerned or whatever. Like you were talking about the last scene before, where he's imagining you know, firing his therapist because he's got it all worked out. Right. And in reality, he's 
covered in blood and he's dragging a, a broken two by four and he's talking to like the corner of a of a building basically yeah. on the street. Yeah. And it's absurd, but it doesn't just do it for like a joke. That's no. that is like the pivotal emotional scene and it keeps going. It does. It just keeps going back and forth to past the point of humor and then you're like what is going on here? I know. And then in that great way, it kind of comes back around and it's funny again. I know. Well, and that scene too, like the the last time he goes to the club, he has at this point bought some vampire teeth. There were some, there was, <laughs> this is a funny part too. He goes to like a curio shop or something like that. And, yeah. and there's this pair of vampire teeth that looks pretty realistic uh, and the guy's showing it to him, and he's like, oh, this is great. And it's like 20 bucks, but he doesn't have enough cash. So he's like, do you have anything cheaper? And he's like, oh, yes. Yeah, so he hands him, like, Halloween vampire teeth right. that, that are, are with the connection plastic. between the top and the bottom. And, and yeah, and like, he was yeah, like, yeah. oh, these are perfect. And then... Yeah, and, and but there's the things in the film, like, how does he eat the pigeon? I know, I know. Um, That's kind of a a goof yeah right? but like we get to the scene in um the the club and he approaches the girl and at first she thinks it's funny right. and she's like like he, making mimicking him right yeah. back to her and then he attacks her he attacks her and you're not and in the way that like i guess you don't really know what's happening often in a vampire movie like a vampire will bite somebody and they're like no no they're like oh right and you don't know if it's vampire power or whatever I guess in this, she's just bleeding to death because she stops fighting. And then later, you know, we see the New York Post disco duck disco slasher death. or whatever. Yeah. Disco death. Yeah. And I don't. This is not my audition for the New York Post. <laughs> I need to prepare first. And and it was just like, holy crap, he actually killed somebody. This guy is a menace. Yeah, but I mean. To himself and to others. Yeah. I know. I know. Like, where else could it go? Yeah, and, then, like, and, then the, and then the end of the movie. Holy crap. Yeah. He had it coming. <laughs> I guess. I know. Um, and the way that it sort of, uh, you know, like in a, I don't know, hammer horror film or something like that, if Dracula attacks a young woman and then her um, uh, her brother strapping young brother, you know, yeah. played by uh, Ricky Nelson or something like that, yeah. uh, comes in and uh, gets the guy. Yeah. I mean, that it sort of also kind of maps onto a vampire movie, too. But yeah, just that, that thing where he, she, uh, he's deluding... Uh, himself he's having a hallucination about talking to his therapist and she's like if it's all about love we can handle that the lady who sees me right after you she's talking about the same stuff i'm gonna bring her in here i know sheila sheila come in here sharon sharon yeah and they're they're talking and uh yeah and then that just when they talk about like oh you like vivaldi and japanese food too yes to me that's i just heard like you like Huey Lewis in the news? I That's see. what it reminded me of. You know? It's like that same sort of vapid, yuppie culture. Yes. Yes. So we've got we've got absurd characters that are outsized. We've got people self-destructive behavior. We've got uh, 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 delusions and, and stuff like that. We've got teeth involved. This whole thing seems kind of Lanthimosian to me. <laughs> and I thought... We might introduce the co-video audience Uh-oh. if they haven't, if they're not, haven't met before Ooh. our little game of Bingos Lanthimos, the oh. game where we take a movie yes. and we evaluate it yes. on our Bingos Lanthimos board 
gotcha. and compare its similarities to the films of Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> Let's do it. I think this is in the neighborhood of a Yorgos Lanthimos I, film. I, I can see it. Yes, it's got comedy and it's dark. So, yeah. It's got comedy and it's dark. <laughs> Biting. Uh, You're in. Okay. Uh, pick a dark comedy. Wow. <laughs> What's another dark comedy? I'm kind of um, over dark comedy, to be uh, honest. Draft Dead Gorgeous, but you don't like that one. Um, but it is a dark comedy. That's a farce. You think that's a farce? Drop Dead Gorgeous? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. From all these girls from Mount Rose? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a farce. Okay. All right. I, I would say that Lanthimos films have farcical elements, but I don't think that they're... You wouldn't call... Would you call the imposter, the favorite, whatever it's called? The favorite? I saw it once. It was all right. <laughs> now that he's all American. Was that, is that uh, a farce? No, I wouldn't quite call it a farce. You call it a farce in that people, in that just sort of archaic way of like, people are doing things and saying things they don't mean. Right, right. But it's not like a farce. No, no, it's not like nobody, noises off Nobody pukes up cake and then eats more in a farce. Yeah. So I, I wish I could show you our board. I've got it somewhere. Uh, I know it's up on the website, but I'm looking at a, um, a t-shirt, t-shirt that we had made up <laughs> that's got the board on it. Yep. And there are there are twenty five squares, but really there's only twenty four things because the center square is a free space. Of course. So here's our board. Uh, number yep. one, unsexy sex. Um, um, we didn't even talk about Jennifer Beals. Yeah, right. Uh, technically, there is no sex in this movie. No, but, you're right. Uh, but I mean, it's it's pretty sexy sex. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't she... say it's unsexy. And the movie also doesn't talk down to you or explain things to you. I like that. But mm-hmm. are we to get that? He dated her in the past, in the real world. Possibly, yes. And because he says high school at one point. This stupid high school bitch or whatever. So it's like, I don't know if they, he, she was his first love or something like that. But clearly he has not said this out loud because he can't express it because it's, he doesn't understand it. It's subconscious. But she has been obsessing over her. So when he has this break, she appears as this sexy vampire. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a reference to when he's talking about high school with Alva or, or not. Who's in high school? Um, his secretary. They they talk about high school when they talk about that hallucinogenic. Yeah. Yeah. Mescaline. Yeah, mescaline, which I don't think I'd ever before. You've never heard of mescaline? <laughs> no. All right. Um, it's the only way to fly. Uh, so <laughs> let's say um, no. Great. Good. Yeah. Doing great so far. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to add these up here. Um, stilted dialogue. I would say yes. Would you? Yeah. Give me an example, because I would call the, all the dialogue, no. which 90% of it is by Nick Cage, to be incredibly verbose, but I'm, I'm willing to entertain it being no, stilted. Maybe it is. He never shuts up. Well, that's true. Vaccinated with a phonograph. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So maybe that's an R2. Um, head trauma. There's neck trauma. There's neck trauma. Neck trauma is adjacent to head trauma, so I'm going to say... Okay, so it's also adjacent... The neck is adjacent to the boob, and the boob is adjacent to the butt. Okay, all right. I guess guess technically no head trauma in this. Well, I want to... Because we don't have anything on the board, let's say yes. Okay. Adults acting like children. Yes. We've got yes for that one for sure. Yep. Uh, Making up a game. Is anything gamified? Um, I don't think he really makes up a game unless you consider being a vampire 
a game. <laughs> okay, in which loud. case he that's is really stretching it. Winning. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I'm. A, we got to pass on this one. I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, violent punishment. He chases her all over the office. Yes. That is violence, whether he lays his hands on her or not. Yes, we're, he does chase her into we're the bathroom still not 100% as well. Sure, if he rapes her or not. No. Um, body horror. Um, would you call it body horror? <laughs> is this your new game that you're making up? Yeah. Um... Making up a game. Would you call it body horror? <laughs> Look at these pictures. I mean, he gets stabbed by a two by four, but I wouldn't really call that. That's just violence. Yeah. That's just violence. Yeah, I don't think so. I'd say no, specifically because there's an opportunity for him to file his teeth or to mutilate himself or something like that. And he he does not, really. No. Um, I can't see him doing that because it's all about him. Right, right, right. He's a, yeah, he's a megalomaniac. Yeah. Um, Inane discussion about material objects. Or let's just say... I never violated the valley one time. Mm. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, B. Well, I mean, that's pretty inane. Just yelling the alphabet at your therapist. Does anybody have a flat affect? A flat affect? Not Ben Affleck. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think his affect is pretty all over the place. Mm, even Maria Conchita... When she's traumatized by stuff, is still expressing emotion. Yes. Yeah. Or we won't count Jennifer Beals as bad acting as flat effect. Whoa. Hey, hey. For a for a, for a, an actress, she's a great former teen model. Whoa. She gets better. Uh-huh. She's the L word. Uh-huh. She's good on that. Yeah. Um, bribery. No. No. <laughs> We're going to strike out on this, but it's important <laughs> to know why we strike out. Yes. Awkward dancing. Well, there is a lot of dancing. There is a lot of dancing. Um, is it awkward? I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like we focus on it enough to really know. It's not called out as awkward. No. It's no a dog tooth uh, scene. I mean, the mimes when they're... No, not... <laughs> they're dancing, Oh, I but... got a new square for our thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, no. Um, misnaming things or people. I don't think so um he thinks rachel is a vampire but when he runs into her later in real life her name is rachel yeah so i don't think there's any misnaming no i don't think so either i mean he mm, no no Mm -mm. interesting um identity erasure well he kind of loses his identity a little bit but I think that he is using he, – he, he's becoming – so this is a, also a, a metaphor about abuse, right? Yeah. He's – we see maybe why he lost Rachel. Like he is um, very abusive. Yes. And even when he uh, has um, his fantasy girl Sharon at the end, yeah. um, that he gets about halfway down the street and he's already <laughs> And like they start bickering. Yelling at her. And yeah, yeah. And why did you turn into a vampire? Can we not have kids? <laughs> yeah, right. Just get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, you know, that's, I don't think that's, I think he's just becoming his identity more. I think that the vampire, oh, I see what you're vampire saying. is a predatory creature. You know, it's an excuse for him to be that way. 
He doesn't have to face the fact that he is just abusive. A jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, self-mutilation. Doesn't have to go with body horror because somebody else can mutilate right. you to have body horror. But I don't think he really does. No. No. I mean, he's, he's checking out his teeth, trying to see if they're growing. And I think that's why he buys the teeth yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're not growing. Inappropriate. We got to move on. So this isn't three hours. Okay. Uh, inappropriate family interaction. Yeah. Oh, you can be close little, with your sis, yeah. but uh, why are you going to climb on your brother's lap and cry? <laughs> he doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, it's a little just weird. Want those two kids to get together. Uh. <laughs> um, an intrusion of American culture. An American culture intrusion. That doesn't really fit with this because this is an American film. Um, I wouldn't so quickly go there. Oh, dude! Do, do, uh, like if at one point he was like, "You gotta have a coke." It's the real thing. <laughs> you know, that would be an example of that. But, of course, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't do that. No. Oh, they're looking for a um, contract from this writer who wrote this story called um, Rattlesnake Flats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Which sounds like a novel Western. of the American West. Yeah, it does. I don't feel like stretching that much. <laughs> oh, here comes the square. You always make fun of me. Uh-oh. And I'm proved right 60% of the time. Stickers. There any stickers in the movie? I wish there were, but there are not. Can stickers be sharp teeth? Yeah, um, yeah, right. He sticks stuff to his windows. <laughs> There's no stickers. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, predatory authority figures. He is one. He, yeah, he is definitely one. Sadism. I'd say so. Yeah. Sexual fluidity. And in that, uh, in I that, I so. mean characters who, yeah, who are not presumably not that you should presume anybody, but I mean who are presumably not uh, one orientation, you know, just uh, no. I, I, we don't see that in this film. No, no, no. This doesn't really do with that at all. Which is weird. It's New York in the eighties. Yes. Uh, performing <laughs> the mimes. That's that's the easy way out. But but are they really performing or are they practicing? <laughs> okay, whatever. Stop. <laughs> Mimes are always, always on. <laughs> the world is their stage. Uh, pets. Not unless you count the pigeon. Well, I count the bat. Oh. Here's a weird thing about Yorgos Lanthimos. Bathing suits. That is a weird thing about Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> the fact that it's on this thing. Yes. This guy's got a lot of bathing suits it, in it, his movies. It's in a lot People of his movies. bathing suits. Yes. Um, no. No, I don't think so either. Mm-mm. And uh, our last square, actors' heads cut out of the shot. Just saying, you know, unconventional framing that focuses on the maison-scene rather than the performance of the actors. No, this is I all don't framed think so. up pretty yeah. much traditionally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. How so many do we have? that only got a nine out of, well, I, we don't count the free squares. Uh, nine out of 24. That's not bad. Uh, that is, that's less than an F. <laughs> What is that, an F minus? Yeah. <laughs> so that is not uh, Lanthimosian, or at least uh, not as much as I thought. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, here's my theory as to why that is. Okay. Is because Yorgos Lanthimos movies are post-dramatic. Do you know what I mean? Brecht would know what I mean. I think I know what you mean. They're presented, you know, they're not like aware they're in a film or whatever. It's not fully Brechtian. But they're presented, you know, with the the, the, the audience being moved by the specifics of the story 
mm. and the drama as mm-hmm. completely secondary to you just, you know, experiencing each scene, each performance kind of judged on its own mm-hmm. and meant to unsettle you. Yes. Um, and, and question what you, your assumptions about what you're seeing, but also just your assumptions about what drama is. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is very strange and it is given to certain actors and performers to completely go off the rails and enchant you and confuse you with what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, I think it's conventional in that way. I don't think of it as being lesser for that reason. No. But it just isn't trying to do that specific thing. It's no. not starting off saying, let's freak some people out. I mean, it is. But <laughs> not <laughs> let's freak some <laughs> people out by playing with uh, traditional ideas of story. Right, 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 right. Um, let's freak some people out by having Nicolas Cage run around saying I'm a vampire and... Right. Like in a Yorgos Anthemus film, here's a scene. Um, Colin Farrell is a doctor who is, uh, indirectly, directly responsible for the death of Barry Keown's father because he was drunk when he was operating on him. Yep. That'll all become clear later in the movie, but we need a scene of them bonding, but we need to understand that it is somewhat shallow bonding because Colin Farrell is not very good at this and also maybe shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it is, do you like this watch? It's a diver's watch. It can go 200 meters below. I like that watch, but I like a, a leather band better. <laughs> you know, that's... Yes. Yes. Done. Done and dusted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, got it. Move on. Next scene. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Will we be bringing robots in when we shoot? <laughs> but that's not what this is uh, trying to do. This is um, actually rather conventional in its in- unconventionality. Yes. We'll go for it. We'll go with it. Yes. Um, I would agree with that. Would you recommend it? Um, yes. I would uh, I-, I would definitely recommend Vampire's Kiss <coughs> as well as Moonstruck. I don't know if I've said that before or not. Not COVID. But, uh, not COVID. <laughs> Uh, I would not recommend COVID, and you're not coughing of COVID. Do you know that David Hyde, David Hyde Pierce is in the film? What? <clears throat> yes. Where? Uh, he has a, a very small part as a guy um, in the theater. Where? What theater? I don't know. Uh, did you know that John Michael Higgins is in it? Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about Vampire's Kiss or Moonstruck now? Vampire's Kiss. In what theater? I don't know. He's credited as theater guy. <laughs> okay, then. Okay. John Michael Higgins is in this as well. I feel like I should know who that is. Seize the day, Mr. Ringer. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> who is he in this? Uh, he is uh, credited as Ed. And just right before uh, Nicolas Cage meets Jennifer Beals, yeah. um, there's, they're panning down this bar and... There's a lot of they uh, again. This is not exactly foley, but uh, sound work is a, is a plus. Mm. There, you can still hear hear everybody's individual conversations. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. And then one guy in the foreground is um, like, "Well, I don't know if about you do that. Uh, what do you think?" Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. And that's, uh, okay. All right. The guy from Walk Hard. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's funny. Well, I mean, it wasn't really all that funny. But <laughs> he's funny and stuff. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's funny. Um, we got it. Do you, would you recommend it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And um, I'm so look, glad we did this. I can't defend it. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. But oh, yeah. it's all intentional. Yeah. 
And, you know, critics savaged it. And, uh, guys, you know, lighten up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I don't know when we invented or we're suddenly we're okay with things like not not everything has to be, quote, unquote, good. Or, you know what right, I mean? right, right, right. Like, something can be... That's Nicolas Cage's entire career is him yes. just being, you know, intentionally ridiculous yes. and bad. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until he played it straight that he got an Oscar, but whatever. <laughs> Tells you a lot about the system. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Yep. So I think, um, so too. I think we need to sign off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go cough some more Great. and tell myself it's not the COVID. And uh, we'll be back soon uh, with more movies to talk about. And until then, stay healthy and stay safe.